You're listening to the Multiverse Fancast, proud member of the Misfit Faction Media Network. Be ready. All right, then. On with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Multiverse Fancast. If you're listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. You can even tell your friend Alexa to play our podcast. Alexa, play the Multiverse Fancast. I hope it started turning on in your house randomly. But anyway, as always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul. With me today in the studio is Ronnie. Ronnie, how are you today? You know, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Good. <laughs> and we also have Rob. Rob, how are you today? I am back from vacation, and I am tan, and I am good. Just has to rub it in He's tan. He's the man. What the master I'm well plan. Well rested. Well, just keep rubbing it in our faces. Let's do this. But yes, Wait, we, what do you mean rubbing it in your faces? You don't work either during the summer. He can't even <laughs> reach. I got to go back to work on Monday. I'm very excited. Ooh. But uh, so we are very work. excited. Work. Work. <laughs> but we are very excited because we are finally here to talk about 2021's The Suicide Squad. Not to be confused with Suicide Squad. <laughs> Which came out five years ago to the day almost. Mm, yeah. yeah. At the time of recording. But uh, we have been eagerly anticipating this movie. Um, some of us more hopeful DC moviegoers. Hey, I, I, you, if you haven't checked it out yet, please check out on themisfitfaction.com my essay about how the Suicide Squad represents a significant, and this is before I saw it, the Suicide Squad represents a significant step in the right direction for DC and for um, Warner Brothers. So please read my essay because I make some very good points. His article was also way more articulate than he tried to be just <laughs> yeah. now. Thank, was, yes, was thank you for we I sometimes come across better with written words. I, for me, it's only when I write in crayon. But uh, yes, check out that. You can also check out our previous episode where we did talk about uh, the DC Universe and where it was and uh, where we were going. And uh, just so you guys know, I don't know if anybody knows, but uh, according to producer Ronnie, also co-host Ronnie, uh, according to numbers, our DC numbers... Uh, higher downloads than our Marvel episode. So weird. You know? When you're that great, what is there to say? Well, what if? That means there's more DC fans than Marvel fans. Okay. <laughs> there's more angry Marvel fans that, or, or angry DC, angry Marvel fans that hate DC that just want to hate on it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure none of the people in DC have tried suing their own studio. But anyway, for good cause, I might. Oh add. yeah, we we we, <laughs> yeah, we talked about. We it. did discuss we Scarlett did Johansson. That, the Disney's clutching onto those dollars way too much. There's yes. nothing funnier though. One of the best memes I saw was uh, the scene of her fighting Hawkeye in Civil War. And like the top part was like, we're still friends, right? And then underneath it's actually Mickey Mouse and it goes, depends on how hard you sue me. <laughs> I, I just want to point out on that too, that like, you know, Disney came back with like, well, how could you ask during this time of the pandemic? Yeah. Uh, I believe it was Disney that laid off something like 32,000 people mm-hmm. during the pandemic too. So Just uh, to keep making billions of yeah. dollars. Yeah, every I'm year. not buying that Disney. Yeah, we're, we're, we we stand we stand with Scojo. I'm gonna get those pins made. Yeah, we well, if you guys listened to our last episode, I know Rob wasn't here, and I I don't think he got a chance to, to listen to our yeah, DC episode yet, because um, he wanted to also do his article without hearing our bias first. Yes. Um, I think our our previous episode on DC, we were very objective. Like as as much as I'm yes. a big fan of the DC universe, and Ronnie's kind of he's in between. He likes Marvel, he likes DC. I like yes. Marvel, I really do. But I, I'm a very I'm a DC guy through and through. But uh, we were very adamant that, like, we Scarlett Johansson's doing the right thing. Like, we, she is. yeah, we, you know, for me, I 
as convenient as it is for all these movies to be out on HBO Max and and Disney Plus and all that, I still going to the theaters, supporting our theaters and uh, supporting our stars. You know, Scarlett Johansson's a great actress. She does great work. Black Widow's been a great character and a staple of the MCU for such a long time. So to to have her getting shortchanged, basically. It, it doesn't sit well. It doesn't look good for Disney. The same we discussed it. Same thing happened with Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. and she, she's also standing up for the pre, for future precedent too, because this is this will if she doesn't solve this now, this will be a problem for future stars that might not have as much clout as she does. Yeah, because yeah. HBO Max has already said that starting next year they're going back to their their standard. Uh, Delta has other plans. We'll see what happens, but <laughs> the airline. As long as yes. it's not Spirit Airline, otherwise everybody's screwed. But. HBO Max has already said that they they have plans on going back to releasing their movies, and then I'm sure they'll do something like if you have the 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 HBO Max with no ads, you'll get early access right, to right. it or something like that, which is fine as long as as long as the people that make these things that we love so much, um, you know, yeah, are yeah. supported. Well, and I think HBO painted themselves in a corner because they announced, oh, we're putting you know all of our movies for the year out on HBO Max, and then Disney was like. We're doing it too, but we're you're gonna have to pay a premium charge if for and HBO went, damn it, why didn't we think of that? I think HBO <laughs> yeah. Max did the smarter move because A, it makes them look less greedy, mm-hmm. and B, they were they were a new like the the biggest thing HBO Max unfortunately had going for it was Friends. Like that's what everybody was talking yeah. about that HBO Max that Friends mm-hmm. was getting taken off of Netflix, um, which is ironic considering I just started watching Friends. I'm on season five, producer Melanie ish. But um, and and I thoroughly enjoy it. So it's a, you know it's it's been beneficial. And then DC Universe kicked the bucket and got everything got moved right. over there. Yeah. So I think HBO Max did the the better move in my opinion. But like I I would have paid for it for Suicide Squad. Oh, absolutely. If, yeah. If they had decided like you know it's like twenty bucks a movie or thirty bucks a movie, whatever yeah. it is, you know we for paid. It, it like we we've discussed this too. I know Rob. You know you have wife son so like you right. going out to the movies financially yeah, it's, like it's, bucks right it's a there. total different thing than like you know when producer melanie and i go to the movies with ronnie and and his girlfriends like it's you know they, Not when i think this we, show comes out yeah uh <laughs> i think it's good thing she doesn't listen but um <laughs> you know like well by the time this comes out yeah proposing to his girlfriend this weekend yes i am <laughs> after he was just swooning over uh, margot robbie for the last three hours <laughs> It's all right. The, the movie was only two. It was so weird. It's all right. Hopefully she says yes before she is hears this. Is that why he stuck around in my house for an extra hour? Just your bathroom. Yeah. But, um, you know, like when we go out to the movies, you know, we're paying like $12 a ticket and that's that's yeah. being and generous. Then and then it's, you know, and 25 yeah. 30 snacks on snacks and the collectible cups. But like we, yeah. we also go for the experience. We love going to yeah. the movies. Uh, we love spending time with friends. And, and so, like I said, supporting our theaters, supporting the people. Because unfortunately, it's kind of like um, – uh, the Nielsen ratings for television, like television was still going on. How many people were watching live on yeah. that channel? And that's what made a show successful. And it's only more recent years that they're like, well, Netflix and, and DVRs and on demand, like all those numbers, yeah, they, they count it's too. So, so uh, you got so many shows being yeah, saved by, yeah. by Netflix and streaming services afterwards where they get these huge numbers. Like manifest manifest, which is another show that uh, we just started watching. We, we got hooked it's, almost immediately. It's a great show. I mean, they're in talks of Netflix picking it up, but it's nothing's official that it's going to be, though. Yeah. But uh, we are going to move along and on because tangent-wise, we're going nuts. Let's uh, segue then into more news. Well, uh, I do have a little <laughs> bit of news before we get into the actual, actual movie news. news. Uh, 
in the next week, you are going to see pictures on the Misfit Faction. Uh, we went to Terrific Con over in Mohegan Sun this past weekend. We got some great memorabilia, some great pictures. Um, producer Melanie met uh, Christopher Atkins from Blue Lagoon and the Pirate movie. She got autographed pictures. We, you know, he really cool guy. We chatted with him for like 25, 30 minutes, just super. Conventions are very interesting because especially the smaller ones, they'll talk to, they'll chat with you forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think two years ago we went to a fan fest over in Jersey and I met Matt Ryan who uh, plays Constantine and he chatted with us for like 10, 15 minutes, like just, just kind of shooting the shit yeah. with us, which was yeah. really cool. But uh, we got some new decorations that Rob hasn't seen for the, no. oh, right? I, I got a know. new supernatural poster, a new oh, Superman right. poster. Yeah. Like some really cool stuff. Yeah, I, I was away on vacation, so I couldn't go to terrific on this year. Well, but we made the impromptu decision. I um, hope to join <laughs> next time. Yeah. We, uh, I almost bought a new Thor's hammer, a new, Mjolnir that was like 40 pounds oh my gosh well it that's it, called a hammer well yeah it's, right? it's in a mold like in a, almost oh, yeah. like a sword in the like uh, the rock that it's in in the first door movie yeah and he's like go ahead pick it up so I went to pick it up I was like oh jeez <laughs> handed it to Sean Sean fell over you're well, not worthy I know right <laughs> I was worthy I got a picture but um we had a lot of fun so be on the lookout uh on our Instagram the misfit faction for uh, some pictures coming up soon and also bibliophiles assemble because of course producer Melanie made friends with uh aspiring comic book studio artists and got an autograph book and pictures oh, wow. with them and a oh, beer check, from them i gotta check out all your swag yeah, yeah. oh yeah we got some good stuff but uh, let's jump into <sighs> wow. actual news all rob right. continuing on some of the news that we've had uh we have an official release date for hawkeye uh it's coming out november 24th on disney plus which as you know disney always says well you know we're gonna do the 24th but we're also gonna do the 23rd and give you a sneak peek so who knows when that'll be coming out and that'll be a weekly show uh, and I know I'm looking forward to. I wasn't looking forward to it. I was like, eh, because Hawkeye has never been one of my favorite characters. It's he's he's fine. He's yeah. fine. He's a B plus superhero. There. He's fine. Um, but we're gonna be talking about G list superheroes today. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then you know Haley Steinfeld. Is that yep. how you say her name? Um, I think she's amazing. I I saw her in the Edge of Seventeen, and and she's yep. fantastic. Pitch perfect and, three. Uh, I never saw any of the Pitch Perfects. Oh, really? No, sorry. I have. I, Bumblebee, she was in, yep. which she was fantastic. Um, I have it true, on the DVR. I haven't watched oh, yeah. it yet. Uh, true Grit, uh, which yes. she was nominated very, for. Very talented. Uh, she's, she's amazing, so I'm excited for that. So that piqued my interest, and then I found out that uh, uh, Florence Pugh is in there uh, playing Elena, and I'm like, all right, I'm sold. Oh, yeah. we, we kind of got I, that from Black Widow. Huge yeah. fan of hers. I, she was Midsummer is one of my favorite films, so... More of a winter and fall kind of guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great. Winter, um, spring, something that only I'm going to talk about for a minute because my two co-hosts don't know too much about it. Uh, we got our first trailer, our first glimpse at the Hulu FX adaptation of Why the Last Man. It's weird how Rob assumes that I don't know anything about Why the Last Man. Oh, you you know something? Well, I asked I know. you a minute ago and you're like, uh. Well, I also know that Shia LaBeouf tried to get Why the Last Man started a few years ago and then he Shia got sued LaBeouf. for plagiarism. Yeah, yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, so um, FX has been working on, on Why the Last Man for a long yes. time. They've been um, trying to adapt it. It was a 60... 60- uh, comic uh, series. I, I read them. I loved them. It's 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 actually one of the few comics to actually win uh, as many awards as it did, and it won the Eisner Award like three times. Um, it's about a uh, a disease happens. I, I forget exactly why, but it wipes out every single male species on the planet mm-hmm. except for this one guy. And I should add that it's not a comedy. No, um, no. I mean, it's, there are, it's vertigo. There are a couple comic elements to it, but for the most part, it's it's 
played straight. And it's really neat because you get to see like just how many things don't function uh, on the planet as a result of all the men dying, which only shows the uh, gender gap that much more so in its themes and seeing that just how shut out women are in so many jobs in this world, which is kind of neat. Um, so I'm very excited for it. Uh, we also saw the latest trailer for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Why did he take off his shirt? I don't know. <laughs> it looks fun. Um, it looks like a nice palate cleanser for Marvel, that it's it's not relying on too many other things. It's kind of something new. You're not... It looks like it's going to be their formula. It's going to be their it Ant-Man. I'm hoping be... it's not. Unfortunately, it's an origin story for a character, and as much as we hate, as much as we... We love our Marvel movies. We we have all mentioned at one point or another though that they are formulaic, yes, especially the even or- I say that. especially the first movie um, introducing a character. It's gonna hit all the same beats. It's gonna like even just watching the trailers. I'm like, yeah, oh, it's I kind of got that a little. Is it? I'm kung- still excited for I'm, it. I'm very excited, um, but it looks like kung fu. Does Iron have Man. Kung Fu Iron Man? <laughs> I'd like Fu he, he has problems it, with his his family. There's yeah. a, a father figure that's but there's evil. no drinking problem. There's technology. Yeah, there's no drinking there's, problem. <laughs> um, have you are you, has ever seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Yes. yes. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. Um, I'm ho- I got some vibes from that. Yeah. So I'm hoping we bit. lean yep. more towards that. And if you haven't seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, I, I, I highly my, encourage you to. My see biggest it. worry about Shang Chi is it's going to turn more into CGI-relied fight scenes. Mm-hmm. That That's like watching these trailers, especially now that we've seen more of like the, how the Ten Rings are, because they're, they're very different in the comics. They're literally... Yeah, on the fingers. T- they're Ten Rings that each have a different power. Yeah. So And the Mandarin was famous for using them. But in this, like, I was hoping for more like Daredevil, even even Iron Fist fight yeah, levels. Yeah, But um, th- this movie's starting to look way... Like, don't get me wrong, there's a couple of cool scenes like him on the bus when he does the scissor kick and yeah. then fixes his jacket. Like, that's a great shot. It's way um, too techy. It, it looks like yeah. it's going to go a little CGI at certain yeah. points, which is which is fine at certain points. Yeah. But um, I, I want to gr- – I hate to say – like, especially considering we're talking about the Suicide Squad tonight, which is a very rated R – uh, DC movie and DC say what you will about the DC universe or DC in general they're not afraid to do these R-rated movies there are a yes. lot of R-rated DC movies not just in the DCEU but also right, in years right. past so there like have you been know, some of their uh, Joker's won, won Academy ones. Awards uh, Constantine was an R-rated movie yep. back in with Keanu yep. Reeves like they, they weren't afraid to do their R-rated ones Marvel especially the MCU D- uh, there Bird, will never be a rated R Birds of Prey was the first of the in the DCEU Correct. to be yes. released as an R-rated film yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about the R rating and whether or not it helped to, uh, Suicide Squad or, or yeah. hurt it. And then finally, we got a trailer for Venom 2. Let Rob Let them, get out of the theater. Uh, Let there be carnage. I am very excited. This is where we part ways. No, that's fine. You, you, <laughs> you. I am excited because, A, I think carnage looks looks so comic accurate. Yes, I agree with you. They uh, apparently in either China or Japan they started releasing uh like actual like statues of the characters for promotional use in theaters. They showed pictures of the Carnage one and oh my god, ripped from the comic book. Yeah. I was afraid he was going to have the same problem that Riot did where it looks just like Venom and it's dark and it's, you know, I can't tell who's fighting right. what and who's where. Oh yeah, I remember. Like that. and I also like how Venom addresses it. He's like, "Oh shit, it's a red one." Yeah. And he's like, "What what's the difference?" So I hope that they talk about why Carnage is worse, how he gets created in this. Yeah. See, I I'm scared. Why are you scared? Because Ooh. did he scare you? No. Well, yes, but no. Uh we saw the Venom trailers, and we were like, ooh, yeah. And now we're kind of like, 
Ooh, yeah, with this one, but Venom was a letdown. Venom was a letdown, but I, like if you listen to our Venom episode, it was a very, very, um, very interesting episode because for Rob there was nothing he liked. Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. For Ronnie and I, there were things that we liked, but we also acknowledge it wasn't the a good like Correct. structural yeah. wise movie. The, the only thing it has going for it is that Tom Hardy is all fully committed to that performance. Yes. But I also and I also enjoy that in these we've had two trailers for Venom now and in both trailers they're really showing how the dynamic between Venom and Eddie has has evolved and grown. Mm-hmm. Um and even like in these two different trailers it looks different. Yeah. yeah, I and actually that was what did it for me cuz when I saw the first trailer for Venom 2 I was like all right, maybe they learned a couple things and maybe they they changed some things. And then I saw this second trailer and I went, oh, they they are repeating the same exact mistakes that they made in the I, first I'm one. I'm very curious to see because at some points it looks like Venom's like talking down to Eddie because yeah. mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm watching the trailers and this isn't spoilers. This is pure speculation if you've seen the two trailers. I have a Might feeling... Spoilers for Venom. Eh, it's for the original. <laughs> yeah. But we find out in the second trailer that Anne gets engaged to Dan. Yes, which is great. I loved. I I thought Dan was a great character, and I'm glad they're bringing him back. And the scene where Venom smacks Eddie or yeah. smacks Dan yeah. for him is funny. But I find that I think the scene where Venom breaks his nose happens after, like he goes into a, a depression mm-hmm. when he finds out that Anne's engaged now. So I I think that's you, so structurally wise. Like yeah. the first, the beginning is gonna like is them actually like taking down bad guys and mm-hmm. and getting rid of bad guys, and then he finds out that Anne's engaged, and he goes, he gets all. Sad and depressed. You, you know what? I feel like so. You know when we see the carnage thing, you know, and yeah. and Venom hides. Yeah, it's a red one. You know what that is? That is the Hulk and Bruce Banner. It it, it, it reminded me of that where, dynamic. A yes, bit. where in was it Endgame where in, Infinity, Infinity War. War, right? Excuse me, where he's like, "All right, come on, come out, let's go, come on." And that's exactly what they're doing here. So, for yeah. those of you guys who don't know, in the comics, symbiotes they uh, they reproduce asexually. Mm-hmm. So, in the comics, when the Venom symbiote went to break Eddie Brock out, it left a spawn behind unknowingly. Mm-hmm. And in the comics, the spawns are stronger than the original. So, Carnage is stronger than Venom. And we see that in the in, in this okay. trailer, we see yes. Carnage is doing some crazy things. Which is why Carnage will not die. And that's why we will see a team up in the third movie. Well, also, Carnage God. Carnage is very different than Venom. Venom and Eddie Brock are two separate individuals. Like, Venom yes. is, is living with Eddie Brock. Carnage and Cletus Cassidy, their this bond was so together. profound that they actually combined into one entity. So, yes. whereas Venom will be like, we are Venom, or we are going to do this. Carnage refers to himself as I, and his symbiote is so ingrained into his body that it's in his blood. So even when the symbiote's been removed, it eventually will regenerate inside Cletus Cassidy because that's how profound their bond is. It's like to the cellular level. Some of the things that have me worried are, first of all, the director. You have Andy Serkis directing. As an actor, top-notch, amazing. Um, His Gollum is is iconic. But as a director, he's not really proven – you know, he, mm-hmm. he did, uh, what, what's, what's the Mowgli one? One, one of the Mowgli. Mowgli. One of the jungle, uh, one, one of, of those jungle yeah, book one of the jungle book ones and, uh, didn't go anywhere with that. And, uh, he's, he's as a director, you know, he probably knows how to coax great performances out of his actors, but as like, in terms of putting a narrative together and, and with, especially with special effects, I don't know how good he is at it. It looks like to me, the movie, a, imagine taking the first movie, 
um, pouring water on it and having all the colors wash away and then finding out underneath that it's a paint by numbers. And now they're just repainting the numbers again. Mm-hmm. And it, cause it looks like no different than the first one in terms of the same bad dialogue, the same stock two dimensional characters. Um, yeah, there will be some comic book fan service with some great images and it will probably look good. But in terms of a storyteller, I, I don't. I'm I'm, I'm more excited that faith. that Andy Serkis is directing it for somebody that's done such great work with motion capture mm-hmm. and and creating characters that aren't technically there. I I think he's a great choice for a character like Venom. I would have preferred to see him do the first movie and establish because mm-hmm. you unfortunately even with <laughs> Suicide Squad, which we're going to talk about, you have there's you're still going off the previous work yeah. to a point. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and then Ruben Fleischer, he directed the first one, I think. I, be- I believe it was Ruben Fleischer who also did Zombieland. Yeah. Zombieland, very good movie, funny, yes. great pacing. It it moves, and it and it's under an hour and a half too. Like it's a quick in and out. It knows yep. how to tell its story and get out. And I feel like he made a good movie with Venom, and then Sony came in and said, "That's great, thanks. We'll take it from here." Yeah, which is again our segue into Suicide Squad. But I think first we will take a quick break, and then when we come back, we are going to break down. We'll do a spoiler, a spoiler-free section, and then we'll do full-on spoilers. You'll get a warning in between. Um, but first, a quick break. Today's episode is brought to you by Ray's Energy Drinks from Rep Sports. Whether you're trying to crush your afternoon workout or just need a little extra pick-me-up, Ray's Energy is just the boost that you're going to need. So if you go to repsports.com and any product that you order, enter the code MISFIT89 at checkout to receive 15% off. Anything that you guys buy from that store helps our network grow, and we fully, fully appreciate everything you guys do. That's MISFIT89 at checkout, repsports.com. All right, we are back, and we are excited. We are pumped. Ronnie's yawning, so we had to wait to start, but now we're here. I'm just kidding, buddy. Tired. Thanks for blowing up my spot. At least you weren't burping. Rob. That was one time. (laughs) It was was legendary. (laughs) But uh, So we are here, and this is going to be our non-spoiler section on the Suicide Squad. Which will be brief. <laughs> uh, I'd say 10, t- t- yeah. 10 15 minutes. Because uh, I will we- say within the first five minutes, we get a lot of spoilers. Yes. Yeah. So we are not going to talk about character deaths. We're just going to kind of talk about the general feel of the film, what worked, some of the things that, that we feel. enjoyed. Yeah, general feel. <laughs> but um, so let's start off. This movie was directed and written by James Gunn. Now, for those of you guys who didn't hear, we talked about it in our last episode. James Gunn basically got remo- removed from Marvel because uh, some – old uh, did you did any of you guys see these tweets that he got fired over i, I heard about them yeah it, i saw them i get it wasn't he making fun of like child abuse or something like that like pedophilia yeah. and it it, it it wasn't a good look and unfortunately like don't get me wrong i it been, was an old tweet tweets plural oh, okay it was not just one tweet yeah. uh it was a series and it was uh pictures and okay. it was not just like I think pedophiles are great. Like, it right. wasn't something like that. Full disclosure, we don't. Just so we're no. clear. That was not something we said. But The Misfit Faction and Cinematic Adventures, as multiverse well fans. as Multiverse Sandcast, does not stand for child abuse or sexual <laughs> We just did our Rocketeer episode, and we're like, we don't agree with Nazis. Get them out of here. <laughs> but um, 
so it, it was a series of tweets and photos and like and I think they were like ten years old too. It, it, it was it yeah. definitely had some some age to it. Um, but Marvel uh, or not even Marvel Disney removed them because Disney yes. has a very strict. <laughs> Disney, <laughs> I don't I don't like those. <laughs> say what you will about Disney, but they do have a very strict family friendly expectation yeah. of of, yeah. of who's involved with them you know like when the, the Jonas Brothers were the big thing they like they already talked oh they wear their purity rings because <laughs> South Park does a great episode yeah, on all I that think I've seen it actually like it is it is so funny and just so good but um so they removed him and Warner Brothers in one of their smart moves snatched him up immediately yeah. and they gave him yep. free reign apparently they offered him a Superman project they mm. offered him God I would Batman. love to see uh, they uh, Suicide Squad, like any yeah. anything he wanted, basically keys to the kingdom. He, he even played around with the uh, the Suicide Squad going after a brainwashed Superman, which is now going to be the basis of the video game oh, that cool. they're doing. I would have loved to see James Gunn do Justice League. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, I don't know how he would handle Batman. That that makes me a yeah. little yeah. He's got a certain sense of humor to him. That's and, that's and I have I think we can all agree he's got sort of a sick sense of humor. Yes. If yes. you have not seen the movie Super and Slither, I, I I'm and, going with Super just because it yeah. is a superhero movie. Oh, yeah. Um, it has not there. There's one scene that is not aged particularly well, okay. but otherwise it's a fantastic movie. Oh. James Gunn also has his uh, roots in Troma Studios. I don't know how many, uh, if you how familiar you guys are with Troma Studios. Troma Studios are the ones that um, Lloyd Co- Lloyd Kaufman, I believe it was. Um, he they did the Toxic Avengers series. Like they were uh, Roger Corman was involved in a lot of the Troma stuff. It was like a lot of like really low budget, like gory horror stuff but with a comic twist to it. Like all of the trauma stuff is like, like they had another film called Tromeo and Juliet. Like <laughs> it, it's like, you know, really bat, bat S off the wall kind yeah. of stuff. But uh, he, he was a great pick and this is the project that he wanted. And just, it, it, it was a, it was a great choice for it. Yes. Yeah. He, he had one condition that if he got guardians of the galaxy R rated, uh, well, that, that that he could have Kate Blanchett. Yeah, and he did. We talked about it in our DC episode. Basically, wait a minute, I read that wrong. <laughs> carte Blanche. Oh, right, Carte Blanche. Yeah. I was I was just gonna let it go, <laughs> but um, he basically WB was like, "Here's you you have free reign. You can do whatever you want with yeah. this." And basically, they treated it as uh as just like how the comics do, where it's kind of like different writers have different styles and and it's yes. been forever in comics like not every comic is the same even though they're all one story etc cetera, etc cetera. they did give him things that they would like but he had every every right to say no yep yep i don't know how much of it cuz I, I know they gave him a couple notes at the end and that was about it which is fine yeah everyone yeah. should get some notes the, this kind of movie where characters especially the g-list characters that we got like i i even i had to, to really might be worth a google it, like i had to i had to google a <laughs> lot of these characters like yeah. savant and uh um not so much like rick flag and Bloodsport, but like rat catcher two rat catcher two but like some of these guys i really you had to dig deep for this yeah. one but um we'll go through the cast uh we're not going to say who lives or who dies. Yet. But I did. I did like. I do want to point out that one of the predictions I made at the beginning did come true. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah. But uh, well, same Z's. Yeah. So uh, this is just the list that I have. Uh, we got Margot Robbie returning as Harley Quinn. Har- she's perfected Harley Quinn at this point. Um, yeah. Yes. And I like how she's been in now three, three Suicide yep. Squad, Birds of Birds Prey, Prey. Yeah. and um, now this. Honest. And 
She's very consistent. She's like, yes. there's nothing about her character in this that's like, oh, this is so different. I think she's deepened and matured it a lot. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, Evidenced and, by one scene in this movie. In this yes. one? Okay. Yeah. I'm interested to hear which scene that was. No, but yeah. but uh, they got rid of some of her tattoos, and that's pretty much yeah. it. Um, and also, we do get a, a very good look at how she views the world. <laughs> and, it, and it's a great action yes. scene. If you've seen the trailers, I'm sure you can imagine what we're thinking of. Um, we got Idris Elba, who we love Idris Elba. I think that's a yes. fair... I, I'm a yeah. big fan of oh, his work. Yeah. I don't think as, he's ever done anything that I didn't like. Nah. nah. As uh, Robert Dubois, a.k.a. Bloodsport. Uh, I hate to say it, but he could have been dead shot. Like, well, he, I was reading yeah. about this, that originally he was... Originally, they had Will Smith back, and then they... Scheduling issues Scheduling issues, issues and they brought in... And we debated this last time. Is it Idris or Idris? Idris Elba? I forget. Idris? Idris Elba. Mr. Elba. I think we were both wrong when we looked it up. Yeah, right? Um, I.E. I always say Idris. <laughs> but he, they brought him in to replace Will Smith, and then they decided, well, let's give him a new name, Bloodsport, so that way it gives the option of Will Smith coming back. Now, yes. I, I watched this movie, and the first... Not to spoil anything, there, this isn't really spoilers, but the first 20 minutes, I'm like, this is just Deadshot. It is. Because yes, he, he's got a teenage daughter yeah, that he's like, trying to... He, but then once once the action starts, you kind of see his his style. He's also a little bit more... He's definitely a little bit more bloodthirst... Or a li- less moral quandaries than Deadshot. At least, at least Deadshot, he was like, I don't kill women or children. Not even for money. Like, I killed just... Yeah jerks yeah. or whatever so and then obviously his his technology is a little bit different so unfortunately though like you could have had either one of them i hate to say it yeah uh john cena wait a minute wait 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 wait, wait. go back to that what do you mean you could have had you could one? have had will smith's deadshot do the same role in this film in this film yes. i vehemently disagree on that okay one. and we'll we will get to that yes. uh we have john cena as peacemaker who is Douchebag Captain America. That's how he yep. describes how he's himself. Been, and he <laughs> is, man. He is, he's like World War II American soldier at the height of propaganda. Like, yeah. that is the best way to describe him. Yeah. He believes in the mission. He is literally like, this is America. I will do anything for liberty. He uses some more graphic terms, but. Uh, Very little bit. Yeah. <laughs> he is like, literally, he is just like, I'm here for my country. At the same time, he does. He has a tremendous respect for Rick Flagg because yep. Rick Flagg is technically an American hero. He's a colonel in the United States military. Right. How that plays out? He's, quick he question is for a you. Scene stealer too. Would Peacemaker and John Walker get along with one another? I think so. Yeah, to okay. a point. No, actually, no. Uh, actually, oh, I, I don't because. Oh wow! That, with that turn, I, no, no. I, no, I had to think about it because <laughs> they John, would not because they're too similar. John, John Walker, Peacemaker. He has a very it's a very skewed perspective of what liberty is, mm-hmm. and he'll kill children to get. He says it. Yes, if I'll I w- kill men, women, he says children. A, he'll do a lot of things for peace. John, yeah. I don't see John Walker ever killing a child. Okay, even even like he didn't. He never wanted to kill Carly. Like he he eventually in, in spoilers for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I guess. Yeah, but. <laughs> He does have the opportunity to do so, and he doesn't. Even with okay. the super soldier serum going through him and his mind slightly warped, I, I he. All right. Well, let me rephrase the question then. If they were the two of them were to have a conversation with one another, do you think they'd find themselves agreeing or disagreeing more with each other? If it's conversation, they would be agreeing. Okay. So I think you... in in actual working together on a mission. No. I think it would be very him, uh, peacemaker and Rick Flag. 
Okay. As we see in this movie. Yes. Yeah, because I, I saw like in Peacemaker a lot of those same like I've I, I I've got him. the jurisdiction here kind yeah. of vibe that but John I also, Walker had. I saw more Rick Flag in John with John Walker. I think the two of them. Oh, and are, that makes are, sense. I think the two of them are, are way more in common. Yeah. Because yeah. Rick Flag is a soldier and he's a colonel and he's he's very well. Let's talk about Rick Flag played by uh, Joel Kenneman. He's next on the list anyway. Different vibe than the first Suicide Squad movie. Yes. Uh, I, liked, I liked him a lot more here. We all did. Yes. I think that that's a fair bet. He's obviously been working with Task Force X for a few years now. Him and Harley have a great rapport. Yeah. Um, not, not a spoiler, but Harley just kind of jumps on the plane at the in, like in the beginning. She's like, yeah. "Well, what did you get arrested for? I don't remember." Like, yeah. <laughs> and that's comic books, though. Like Arkham Asylum is a rotating door. But uh, all right, I got a question for you. Yes. Every time they go on these missions, do they get a new chip in their heads? I don't think so. No. Because we have been constantly seeing them getting injected with chips every time they go on a mission. Well, Harley needed a new one because hers was deactivated. Okay. Yep. Um, that happened during Suicide Squad, the first Suicide Squad movie. Um, we do see Savant get his put in. Right, because he's new. But he, know, but he new. even – no, he's not new because remember he said, I told you I'm not doing these anymore. He, well, they, he might have said that and then they were like, and then he changed his mind. It's like, so how many well, chips they, do probably, these people he have? He probably <laughs> retire. They let him yeah. retire. So they took the chip out because now he can't. Or fail they may a have a shelf life. Or <laughs> yeah, no, I mean ex- explosives or a little, don't, don't a last gray forever. On that, too. yeah, they, all right. they don't, they, all right. I, they're using more as just mm-hmm. exposition. Just a nitpick. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> uh, we have Sylvester Stallone as Nanawe. Nama- you got me. Nanawe. We're gonna call he's him King the Shark. giant King Shark. The giant and shark. he he's probably one of our favorite characters in this movie. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, I they're going to compare him to Groot or even Baby Yoda. But he actually says comparison. words. Yeah. Uh. Very few. <laughs> very but few. A lot he's also, more than well, three. He's, I don't know because he's a lot more intelligent. No, I'm sorry. Groot is a lot more intelligent than King Shark. They're gonna, yeah. but like they're gonna make. Com- they've already started making comparisons online. Yeah, I, I, like I, even like when Groot kills all the soldiers in uh oh, when he like yeah. spears them and he swings and them he back and forth uh-huh. and he's just like, yay. Um. <laughs> Also, like King Shark's a character that's been in a lot of different. Me- He's gotten very popular in more recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on the Flash, one of the best the visual effects yes. on the Flash. Oh the Flash. god! When they first did King Shark, we were like blown away, especially yep. for television. That oh, was he decent looked- uh, money. And then they even there. gave him a character arc. He f- he fought Grodd on the Flash. That was one of the. That was a yeah, great episode. That was. Of that. Yeah. yeah, and um, then he was on Harley Quinn. And I was telling Ronnie that. Um, in uh, Justice League Dark, which, uh, Apocalypse War, I think it was called, mm-hmm. uh, which is fantastic if you guys haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. But uh, King Shark, he all he could say is King Shark is a shark. So that's all he says. Like he's like King Shark is oh, a sort shark. Of like an I am Groot kind of thing. But then at the end, he says to Captain Boomerang, "It's been an honor working with you." And Captain <laughs> Boomerang goes, "You could talk the whole time." <laughs> and it, it's a great moment. Yeah. But he he's awesome. Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. I didn't think she would be any more gangster. And then she was in this movie, and I was like, she got worse. Yeah. Like, because one of my favorite scenes in Suicide Squad is when they save her, and then she kills every person in that room. Yeah. And Will Smith's like, and they say, I'm the bad guy. And he, and he walks by, he's like, that's gangster. Yep. Walks out. Like, that was Amanda Wallace. She is personification of the character from the comics. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to butcher this name. David Dasmachmalashin. <laughs> I have not it's better shot than I had at it. Dasmal so. Sheehan, uh, as Polka Dot Man, Abner yes. Krill. He is a he's an actor who it's is finally guy. he's finally yeah. getting mm-hmm. his his comeuppance. Yeah, like he's he was in Ant Man, he was in Dark Knight, Dark Knight, Gotham. Yep. Like he's he's been around a lot. I'm really glad he's uh and he was great in this movie. Yeah, he he was actually. He was he was very he I I guess he's probably the comedic 
relief. Yeah, I feel like they all are. Yeah, they all are. But you know what? He, I wish they had done a little bit more about his backstory. They they talk about it where basically his mom was trying to. That's great. Well, it also. Oh, go ahead. Continue for yeah. the listeners. So his mom. His mom was basically trying to create metahumans. Yeah, and it, Star it's, Labs. It's great that they continued that trend because that was always a big topic of discussion in the DC movies. Um, unfortunately, Marvel didn't start talking about enhancements and super soldiers until a little bit late. Like they talk about for the Incredible Hulk, the Abomination is technically a failed super soldier that yeah. they used the formula on. And it's not until Wanda and Pietro that they're like, we have enhanced on the field. Like, where they're trying to create superhumans. So for DC, DC, it's been a theme ever since Man of Steel. Like Suicide Squad was about creating a team in case there's a new Superman that's not good. And, you know, Justice League is obviously, depending on which Justice League you watch, like talking about metahumans and yeah. creation. Lex Luthor is trying to get Kryptonite in to stop metahumans. Like he's, there's a lot of talk about metahumans and superpowered beings in the world. Mm-hmm. And I like showing that... This was something that scientists were working on, and this is the failed response to it. Like, he even says, like, his, some of his brothers and sisters are alive, yeah. some are dead. Like, and he, now he just sees his He's mom got everywhere. Dimensional virus or something. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I like when they show that these these powers have like burdened some of them. Like, yes. as much as like we look at Superman, he's like perfect, and you know they they show more of the emotional qualms that he has. I, I like seeing some of the more physical. Um, yeah. reaction so I, I really enjoyed Polka Dot Man in this mm-hmm. going down we have uh, another character who I did not expect to really enjoy uh, yeah. Daniela Melchior as Cleo Cazzo also known as Ratcatcher 2 yes. James Gunn has said that she's the heart of this film and she really yeah, she is. is yes she is mm-hmm. uh, we have uh, Jai Courtney coming back as Digger Harkness A.K.A. Captain, Captain Boomerang. Boomerang. Yep. I like the glowing boomerangs he had. Yes. I like that, that he actually cool. did something. Yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> they also showed how lethal he is. Yeah. Yes. And some of those visuals were like, oh, oh okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> right off the bat. And you can tell he's been there for a while. Like, he's one of the veterans on that mm-hmm. team. And, like, I like how Harley's like, oh, hey, Boomer. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, obviously she's been around for a while, too. Uh, Peter Capaldi as the thinker. I really didn't. I, I I wish he had more because I I love him as an actor. He's, oh yeah, he's, he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he's got such like a visceral like anger to him. And he, I didn't really see this here. Like I, I was looking forward to him the same way I was looking forward to Richard E. Grant as classic Loki because he's in that same vein of acting. And yeah, I, I didn't think he was he was good, but he's serviceable. He didn't. He didn't they, I think they didn't give him enough. He was more of a mm-hmm. minion. <laughs> Like yeah. I, I hate to yeah, say it, he, you're not wrong. He was an evil scientist, yeah, you know. Yeah. No, he uh, was supposed to be the bad guy. Remember? Yeah, right. Uh, Michael Rooker as Savant. Mm-hmm. They established He's what a... kind of person he is very early on. Oof! That yes. that there was all right. We will spoil the very first scene for you. Michael Rooker Savant is in his uh, cell, his isolated cell. Well, he gets his outdoor time. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's throwing a ball around, and, and there's X's on the walls as to where he can hit and everything. And then this little yellow bird flies in, and he hits it, nails it with the ball, and kills it. And when we were all watching it, like I felt the air just get sucked out of the room completely. Yes. There was like yeah. no response. We were like, "Oh my god, what are we watching?" Yeah. But there is a but huge the bird's brother got revenge. Yeah, there is a huge <laughs> payoff to that. Like about ten minutes later. So. Yeah, uh, Alice Braga as Sol Saria. I don't think she's a character from the comics, but I I, I enjoy Alice Braga. She's another actress Which that I. She? 
uh, the the leader of the resistance. Yeah. Oh, oh, that was Alice Braga. I didn't even recognize mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Uh, Pete Davidson, who I really don't like <sighs> as Blackguard, a mer- uh, mercenary. And then we have you either love Pete Davidson or you hate him. Yeah. <laughs> I but like I want to like him. Yeah. But I, I've watched him in SNL. I've watched some of his stand-up, and I'm like, I don't find him no. funny. I, I I would agree. I have heard lots of great things about uh, what's what's his movie recently, the last uh, oh, the King of Staten Island. King of Staten Island. Yeah. I've heard really great things. about I've heard that. very good things. So maybe dramatic. Because I, I, I will him. tell you, I've watched his stand-up too, and I'm like, eh, this isn't eh. great. Yeah. But uh, we got Nathan Fillion as TDK. Yes, I love Nathan Fillion. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy Nathan Fillion. He was. You know, he he was fun in this movie. Yeah. I, I enjoy his work. I watched The Rookie for a while, but then okay. I kind of fell off it. You watch um, Firefly? I've seen Firefly. I've seen Serenity. Like yeah. he he's great in those roles, and he he just seems like a really cool guy. He was mm-hmm. one of the leads in Sli- in James Gunn's Slither too. He yeah. and James Gunn have done a lot. He was in together. Super. He was in Super also. Was he? Okay. He played the uh, the Jesus superhero. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sean Gunn is Weasel. Which was the grossest thing ever, and yep. there's a lot of rats in this movie. I read that Weasel was modeled after, I don't know if you guys Bill the get cat. this, Bill the Cat yep. from Bloom County, Yep. which that is a riot, because that is completely Bill the Cat. Uh, mm-hmm. Flula Borg as Javelin, yep. and uh, Mei Ling Ning as Mongol, or Mongal, excuse me. Which one was that? The orange girl. Oh, yeah. What yeah. Was, what's her power? She's Mon- an alien. Because well, I, 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 like, while I'm watching her, I'm like, is she just really heavy and dense? And she's very strong. So Mongol, she in, jumps on a helicopter and like pulls it out of the sky, and I, I don't understand the. She's related it, so. to Mongol. Um, Mongol is a character in the comics. There, there's been two Mongols. One, okay. the first one was a big villain. A Superman can could go toe to toe with him okay. and match him. The Mongol two was uh, more of an ally and helped Superman learn how powerful he actually was in the comics. Okay. Um, very powerful character. Power, powerful in what way? Physically, can go toe to toe with Superman. Okay, so strength wise, strength wise, okay. very strong. So she's very strong. Very strong. Yeah. How is she able to? Pull, can she fly? No. How is she able to pull a helicopter? Probably, well, just, probably uh, just dense. And also, okay. unexpected weight on a helicopter, and yeah. probably the force in which she hit it. Just, I, I am it, learning something about density this week in superheroes. We we went when we were down at Fantasy Island. Mm-hmm. Um, they have they just stuck at one of the, you know those machines where you put a quarter in and you have to shoot it and it makes other quarters fall and everything. Yeah. They have one of those now for the Avengers. Oh, and all these cards now are in there. You know they there's they're like that in a lot of the arcades with the Wizard of Oz and stuff. Yeah. Like that. So we started playing it. And we got a whole bunch of these cards and uh, one of the cards was for Thor. And on the back it said he weighs six hundred forty four pounds. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm learning a little bit about superhero <laughs> density this week. There's a lot, like there's been a lot of books and and things like the science of superheroes and stuff like that, yeah. where Superman in himself, like in reality, would weigh like a couple hundred pounds, mm-hmm. and like he wouldn't be able to support the actual like muscle that he would have okay. to do the things. Like comic books are, vi- they play liberties with. Uh, oh yeah. Like look at Ant Man. They talk constantly talk about how in Ant-Man when he shrinks he's still got the same density so that way when he punches it's like hitting getting hit with a tank yeah but Hank Pym's carrying around a small tank in his pocket it should it should be just as dense as an actual tank so I, I always had trouble understanding quantum physics in terms of density and black holes and how something so small can be so amazingly yeah. dense. Yeah. Superhero physics. All right. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson can answer yeah, that. I, we need we need Michio <laughs> Kaku in here. Yeah. Because technically Superman held infinity at one point. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder Woman helped, but apparently holding half of infinity is still infinity. Yeah. 
But anyway, we also had uh, some cameos. We had Pom Clementoff, who played Mantis. She played. Uh, she cameoed as a dancer in one of the scenes. Uh, Calendar Man, Kaleidoscope, and Double Down all made their first uh, live-action appearances, as far as I know. <laughs> yep. Taika Other w- than maybe in the Lego Batman movie. Uh, Live-action appearances. <laughs> oh, live-action. Live I missed action. that part. Yep. Uh, we have should have Ta- listened to the whole sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a Marvel fan. <laughs> Taika Waititi plays uh, the first rat catcher. He uh, cameos in a few scenes. I didn't realize it was him when during the flashbacks that they show either. him. It wasn't no, until they yeah. show him talking. Um, and that's really the biggest ca- – like, there are a couple of other uh, smaller, but uh, we want to keep moving and we want to keep running. So, initial thoughts on the Suicide Squad. I'll go first. I – enjoyed this movie for what it was i enjoyed the r rating of it i enjoyed how it it showed the darker side but also the comedic side of of, it shows what dc could do if given the right director and the right script and the right cast and the 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 violence is is fun which is a terrible terrible sentence i'm so sorry but uh, (laughs) like the violence is funny yeah like king king shark steals it and he he's very entertaining with some of his his kills james gunn said that that his favorite shot in the movie is that one of king shark pulling a man apart yes yes which is in the trailers yes and they and he used practical effects for that of course on with the stand in for yeah yeah used a a, like body and, and like everything in blood except yeah. for King Shark obviously they um, they benefited from bringing back some of the bigger names from the first Suicide Squad movie especially Harley Quinn and and even uh, Rick Flagg who we didn't have to see the we didn't have to see the backstory we didn't have to hear about like they, they were better in this movie yes we know these characters I, I did enjoy this movie I wish that it was more connected it's very disconnected from the DC universe with, ex- with the exception of a few mentions uh, mm-hmm. they mentioned that Bloodsport's in jail because he used a kryptonite bullet to put Superman in the ICU which is comic accurate he did do that it was in his first appearance in the comics but I, I really enjoyed this movie it it didn't blow me away but at mm-hmm. the same time it, it is well worth sitting down and watching and especially if you've been more hesitant with the DC universe this is a good indication of what they could do given a no like a no holds barred kind of situation yes Ronnie um, Rob's going last because I, I knew he was going to do that <laughs> Initial thoughts without spoiling anything. Uh, casting is on point. I think they couldn't have replaced anyone with anyone else. Um, there's not one person that stole the show or made the movie like we had in the first one, right? We I think we all agree. Margot Robbie, Will Smith. That's all you had to know about the first one. This one, you go down the line. Everyone had their moment. Everyone oh, yeah. was great. Um, which I was kind of surprised with John Cena because I—it's—he's a wrestler. What what wrestler do you know is a good actor? The Rock. Okay. Well, <laughs> even producer well, Melanie looked well, up. Okay. But how many other wrestlers have you had that have the become Miz, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and they live? Was he a good actor? Hulk Who Hogan. <laughs> Hulk Hogan was an actor. He was terrible. Andre the Giant. Andre the, Giant Andre the Princess Bride. I terrible. <laughs> Maybe not the movie, but him. Oh, I wish him. I I'm it. just, I'm just saying. I think producer Melanie's about when, to quit. When, when you get non-actors other than The Rock, I, feel I like would you argue don't have... that wrestlers are the greatest of actors out there. Not movie actors. Stunt actors, maybe. 
and and just drama actors. I mean, some of those storylines they have, you oh, know, God. are weave like all <laughs> these different tales with one anyway, another. Anyway, no. I would love to um, talk about the movie though. Yes. <laughs> well, I was trying to. Um, I got you, boo. But then also, cinematography was on point. <clears throat> Visual effects were on point. I think there's. I'm trying to I'm trying to say stuff without spoiling anything. That's the. Do we tough just part. go into spoilers after initial thoughts oh, from everyone? Sorry, I'm not the host I'll, today. I'll leave I'll leave it with with that. Casting is on point. Cinematography is on point. Visual effects is on point, and I really dig the music. Fair, fair. Uh, Rob, initial thoughts without spoiling. Without spoiling. As a character-driven film, I thought it was very strong. Um, I really came to know these people, came to care about a lot of them. Um, I, I was worried for them at times, like the stakes were there. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some, yes, yeah, there were some, there were character arcs, which was nice, uh, which was one of my big complaints that I had about the first Suicide Squad, that the character arcs were just broken up completely. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the fact that there wasn't a MacGuffin here, that they weren't going for that thing that has no value anywhere else except for in this movie. Like it was more about, you know, survival and it was a military mission. Um, and, and I thought that was a smart choice, too. Um, yes, casting. I was happy it wasn't too connected to the DCEU because I think they I think at this point. DCEU needs to distance itself from a lot of its past projects um, just from the lack of popularity and mm-hmm. box office as well as depends on who you as talk well to. as the poisoned well, cri- excuse me poisoned critical responses th- th- I, th- I think we can all agree connections I think we can all agree though yes oh and I think that's good I think yes. we can all agree that the critics have not been kind to DCEU movies. I don't think that mm-hmm. plays a factor, though. Like, we, we talked in um, in Cinematic Adventures. We were really talking about um, – we were joking because we had, we had our guest, uh, our friend Brendan, who's been a big fan of – a uh, big friend of the show, and he's been on several episodes. We talked about how critics are not always right. Critics especially – like, Rob, Rob, I know you're a big fan of Siskel and Ebert. No, I, and that's not it. Uh, but but I I'm, I'm oh yeah oh yeah oh absolutely I have never gone in, I hate going into a movie with a with the critics ear or the critics voice in my ear yeah these movies especially nowadays where if I wanted to hear a critic's thoughts I had to pick up a newspaper mm-hmm. I had to watch their show mm-hmm. but now the second they, yeah. the second they opened up the news releases for all these movies like. 4,000 previews. I was already looking at Free Guy uh, critical responses, and it doesn't even come out for another week and a half. And I did not notice how much my mind was already biased when I walked into... And that's why Suicide Squad has been... Like, I'm I'm a little up and down with it. This one. This one. 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 Because the initial uh, reviews came out, and everyone said how amazing and how mind-blowing it is. And And I'm watching it going... I'm waiting for my mind to be blown. Yeah. But... I, I am their target audience. Yeah. I, I find – well, and I, I find that I – okay, just some quick backstory. Growing up, um, I would every Friday – I used to work in a, a supermarket, and every Friday I would 
purchase the New York Times, the New York Post, uh, the Daily News, and USA Today, all four magazine, all four newspapers. And I would do it specifically for the purpose of seeing reviews. And I read reviews like crazy when I was in high school. And I wrote reviews when I was in high school for the newspaper too. So I was, I've always had sort of a critical mind, a critic's uh, mindset. Um, so like when I see the critics coming out with stuff, I usually find that I agree with them. Um, but I've noticed too with this one, even though it's at ninety five percent, I think right now Rotten Tomatoes ninety five ninety six something yeah, like that. Because it's, right. um, it's getting review bomb too. Yeah, because oh, that's yeah, a thing now. Fine. Yeah. Um, but what I always click on with that is ninety three. Ninety three. What I always yep. click on with that is the tab that says top critics. Mm-hmm. I always want to know what they're saying. Like all the other people that are just you know like Joe whatever in his basement. Or, yeah. I'm saying that as we're recording. Yeah. Basement. Um, <laughs> all you know all these people that are that claim to be critics. Uh, and, and have an opinion. Yeah, they, there might be some truth, but I want to know what the people that I grew up reading. Um, and and I found that the majority of them were giving this film favorable reviews, but no one was blown away amongst those critics. And see, this is my issue. You you have critics, and the DCEU is a great example of where the critics and the fans do not match in any way. Like this is the first. Like I think this is the first film in the DCEU where the critics and the fans have been much more even maybe you look like you look at i I know you don't like batman vs superman you're indifferent about batman vs superman i love batman vs superman especially the director's cut i will i will say the director's cut is a significant but even the even the theatrical cut the the critics and the the audience were not lined up and then you look at something like the release the snyder cut and then the the air cut movements i hate to say it but those are fan-based movements that generated enough right like you you can't there's I hate to say it, you can't go based on critics anymore. Mm-hmm. If if these movies if the so critics said Batman vs Superman is one of the worst movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Right? A lot of critics did. They it's it's low yeah. on the critical score. But it was good enough to create an entire fan culture that pushed a studio to release a, well, a, a project. So, so, so that- this is the thing with Rotten Tomatoes. The 93% does not mean critics give it like a nine point three out of ten. Right, right. It just means ninety-three percent of credit. It means ninety-three percent of it's favorable. Fresh, up, right? Th- fresh, fresh or rotten? Yeah. The actual average rating for, I think, like you said, top critics that yeah. you go yeah. by, yeah, seven point two out of ten. Yeah, and that, to me that is more yes. accurate. Now all critics, it's seven point seven. Yes. Fan rating, right? Fan audience verified. The verified audience is a four point four out of five. So they have it as yeah. an 8.8, while your top critics are all the way down at 7.8. I still say that I, c- critics are just like the Academy Awards. They're dated. Yes. Martin Scorsese hates superhero films. He's gone on record yeah. saying that they're not real movies. Right. But here we are doing podcasts. And, but and would f- you argue that Martin Scorsese doesn't make good films? No, of course not. All right, Martin, so then he must know what he's talking about a little bit. Obviously not, though. So – well, he he specifically said. Well, he, he yeah. Avengers Avengers Endgame is a great movie. It tied up loose ends. It told right. story arcs. It handled the action, the comedy, the drama, everything. But it's not a real movie. No, that's not what he said. What he said specifically was that these are not. This is superhero movies are not film. And and then you get into well, what is the definition of what is film? And 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 he because he was referring it to film as an art form. Mm-hmm. I consider Avengers Endgame an art piece of art, comic book, just like how people did not consider comic right. books comic books valid forms right. of and I literature. Think it will take time before some of these things. See, I then I I think about some films that are 
art, you know, like like something by Fellini or something like that, you know, like Fellini's eight and a half. Okay, that is clearly art where it's it's a, a rumination about you know a later life crisis uh, and and being able to achieve something uh, despite what your you know what the population says. Like that to me is art. This is. This is like super. I, as much as I love these films, I don't know if I could call them art. But see, art is subjective. Right. Yes. Take your son, Timmy, who's 14, 13? Uh, thir- 13. That was alarming. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you threw Timmy, me. Timmy, Timmy's 13. Uh, Timmy, yes. show him Schindler's List, mm-hmm. which is considered a, a fantastic movie. I enjoyed that is. movie. As much well, as I, I know enjoy. what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> like, it's a great movie. Or, or Citizen Kane, right. considered the greatest movie of all time. Right. And then show him Avengers Endgame and ask him what he thinks is the better movie well, as a 13-year-old what boy. what do you mean by better? Better in what? That's, yeah, and that's the argument. Issue. Yeah. Yes. Like, like better argument. as in like, like, you know, I think what Martin Scorsese was saying is that like you're not going to walk away from the Suicide Squad contemplating f- life philosophies. So I could. So, so I, th- I think basically what it comes down to before we move on to – back to this movie and going to our spoiler <laughs> section, I think is Martin Scorsese was saying like – Superhero films, you're not going to be going, that's one of the greatest movies of all time. That's a lie. <laughs> I walked out of Avengers Endgame and, you know, producer Melanie was really upset she couldn't go see it with us. Okay. But you you just say Citizen Kane is known as the greatest movie of all time. If you were to make a list of your top ten, let's say. Okay. You might have See, that. That's the difference, though, is that you, you're because you're using two words interchangeably, movies and film, and I think those are two distinct terms. Like movies, movies indicate enjoyment. Film indicates like intern, you know, internal introspection. Like well, I, at but, no but point during still, the Suicide no, Squad, no matter what, they're they're it's a movie. As much as I enjoyed the Suicide Squad, I didn't get introspective at any point see, and start to doubt see, my own films, life. Films are movies, but movies are not films. Films use the movie medium, but they're not necessarily movies because they're not necessarily done for the enjoyment and entertainment value. So, what would you consider Citizen Kane? A film or a movie? Film. Okay, so if you're ranking your top ten movies, that's not on there. In, if you were saying what are your t- top ten favorite movies, no, I would be like you know Ghostbusters, Back to the Future. But if I was, if you were to ask me what are the top ten best films of all time, Vertigo, Citizen Kane, you know, like uh, Metropolis from 1927, you know, <laughs> the, I would I would pick those because to me those are two separate categories. Interesting. That, 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 that's you. Like, that, yeah. And again, that's that's the issue we run into. I firmly believe that critic reviews should be released a week after the movie comes out. That's a yeah, and that's. I would yeah. love to see the yeah. difference in how some of these films, like especially the films that after the first week, drop so hard. Because yeah. that's yeah. another thing that's new. Because because of the ease of accessibility of information, it used to be word of mouth. Yes. It used to be, Ronnie doesn't get to see. The Suicide Squad with me this weekend, so he asked me on Monday, how was it? I didn't like it. Now he doesn't want to watch it. Yeah, That's we, how it works. Right. Now yeah. we all go to social media and see what everyone's saying. Yes. So, on on a, another note, since you were bringing it up, and this is a website I, I don't spend enough time on, Metacritic. Um, mm-hmm. They're a bit more fair in terms of their reviews. Like right now, Suicide Squad is sitting at 74 on Metacritic out of 100, which to be honest – that seems about right. I think we're yeah. all agreement with that, you know. Yeah. Um, so let's do our spoiler. Oh, one, I just wanted to finish up. Hour. Oh, I just wanted to finish up with my initial thoughts. Um, 
the problem I did have with the film is I felt at times that the story wasn't connected enough that there were times where I was like, okay, I don't remember why we're at this spot, you know, why, the, mm-hmm. why our characters are here at this point. Like I felt like it was so focused on the characters that at times it lost the narrative thread. Um, I also found that there were some, like any moment in a film, you should, a filmmaker should always be asking, how does this contribute either to the story or the characters? And I felt there were some times where he wasn't doing either of those things, that it was just doing it because it was fun. I'll give you a prime example. There was a fight between uh, Peacemaker and someone else. Maybe it was Flag, where it was reflected in his helmet. Mm-hmm. Yes. I didn't see the... Spoiler. Cool. Very cool. Didn't see the point for it, though. It didn't contribute Aesthetic. to the story. Aesthetic. Aesthetic. Right. purpose. And that's the thing, is Director. that I felt like sometimes he was more for the... Being weird or being or the aesthetics or just hey watch this well, is going to be it was really because gross. Of the comment about it being a toilet. Did you need to see Drax jump into the giant worm slow motion? But that contributes That's... to his character because no, he's no, no, impulsive. But, but did it make a difference if it was slow motion or regular motion? It's it's James Gunn's style. It, yeah. He no, wanted to do something stylistic. Like, I'm sure in his head he was like, you know, what would be really cool. And he had carte blanche. Like there were so, some times. So now that we're getting into kind stuff. of spoiler stuff, okay. maybe we should give our spoiler warning. Spoiler, this way we can spoil, kind of go spoilers. deep into the movie and give our true thoughts without spoilers censoring ourselves. Almost, you know. Two, I'm just gonna one. I'm just gonna edit out like thirty minutes. That's all right. That's fine. All right, all this right, is your so, spoiler warning. We are now getting into it. So if you have not yelling? seen the movie because you were trying to talk and you did not give the spoiler warning, so this is your spoiler warning. Like so if I'm pretty sure they you have it. not seen this movie, please pause and come back to us at a later time after you have seen the movie. So let's get into it. So we have the plot. So the plot of the movie is basically uh, Task Force X with a whole new people of, of – Come into yeah, I'm going into this because you we're at an hour and you guys have been talking nonsense. <laughs> so pretty sure you two were Task Force talking. X. I think you were involved. Goes in that. to Quarter Maltese um, to kind of because the government's been overthrown there. The government's and been there's, overthrown, and there's these and... Project Starfish that they're trying to get situated, right. basically. Which was really cool to see Starro. Yeah. Can I? T- I'm g- okay. <laughs> So basically, it is ripped right from. It's a very simple. This is your military mission. Right, yeah. You could tell that Amanda Waller. This is something they do a lot, and they have a rotating list of characters. What was your favorite? All right. So the very first five minutes of this movie, they well, kill. Hold on, back up. What were we doing five minutes before the movie started? Eating pizza. No. We were, oh, taking, we were taking bets. We were taking bets, bets to see yeah. which, I, which, ironically, <laughs> they did in the movie. Which yes. Was great. So we were trying to figure out who was going to die. Five minutes in, they have an opening scene where I'd say eighty percent of the Easily. squad dies. Easily. Um, what was your favorite favorite character death? And then, we'll, all right. So we'll, here's what we'll do from the beginning, throughout the throughout the film. One oh, character death that you that you okay. enjoyed. One character death that that you were actually kind of sad about. I'll go. I, first. I got the second oh. one. I'll go first. I loved watching Pete Davidson get shot in the face. <laughs> I knew you yes, were I think we. That. I feel like we were all going to say that. But uh, the death that got me, though, besides Captain Boomerang, it was Polka Dot Man. Like full spoilers, yeah. guys. Yeah. They both die. Yeah. Captain Boomerang way shorted. Ronnie. Um. See, I want to say 
I want to say Pete Davidson, but that's just because it's Pete Davidson. That's, that's everyone in this the, country wants exactly. to see. That's but the also, thing. he gets shot in the face. His character was also. We a, don't want to do jerk. it. We just want to see. Yes, it. his character was a jerk. But um, oh my god, I already forgot her name. Margot oh my god, no, huh, she didn't <laughs> die. No, quiet over there, Mongal. Uh, yeah, I because was you, you know I'm happy her. to see she died because. It, it, what was the point of it? She her name's just... Katana. She's got your back. Exactly. That's basically who she replaced. Um, but to s- sad to no, see who, die who, was definitely oh, Slipknot. He was the one that Captain died, like... Boomerang. I think because we were because it was Jai Courtney and we were like, wow, we actually like Jai Courtney now after right. the first Suicide Especially Squad. Especially considering Joel Kinnaman and Margot Robbie were even better in this movie. They were yes. I would have loved to see what they did with Captain Boomerang. Yeah. I, I was hoping like he wasn't going to die and he was going to join them on the other side. Kind of like Rick Flagg and Harley Quinn do. Because those two go on the island um, with Blackguard, Savant, uh, TDK, TDK, Mongal, Javelin. I like everything. how uh, Rick Flagg's like, I didn't pick the team. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> my fate. All right. The one that I was... Wait, now what were the cho- what was the question? What was the what was your favorite Suicide Squad member death? And then what's one you didn't like? Or one that upset you? I I might choose the same for both. TDK. I really wanted to see like a well, whole it's, TDK it's, movie. But what's interesting is when they showed life signs, it showed that he was just in critical condition. Yeah. But then they yeah. let TDK let it go. is Nathan Fillion, and he played. And he, the they ask him what are what's the initials for, and he's like, "That's my name." Yeah. And it stands for the detachable kid, where his arms come off and then apparently just slap people. Yeah. And I really wanted to see a lot more of that because it was so Three Stooges mm-hmm. ridiculous. Well, originally his name in the comics, he's uh, arm. Arm fall off, boy, and he's part of the uh, the Legion of, or he tried out for the Legion of Superheroes. So like he's been around for for quite yeah. some time. Oh, yeah, uh, eighty nine. Mm-hmm. That's nineteen eighty nine. He made his first appearance. So I was sad with that. I mean, obviously, also I was sad with Polka Dot Man, but it made sense that his death came at the end of his character arc, yeah. where he embraced who he was and then he died. So yeah. I was okay. I didn't want him to die. The but... second he said, I'm a superhero, yeah, I was we're like, like, oh, no. See ya. <laughs> we're like, it's over. But uh, I, I definitely, for me, the uh, scene sealer, uh, we'll each do a scene sealer. I think it's going to be pretty similar for all of us. I thought King Shark was a scene sealer. Mm-hmm. Anytime he had something to say, it was always funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also got a, you got a sense of sadness for him. Like, he's, yeah. he's just like. He's soulful. He's soulful. He's never, like, he even says, I don't have friends. Yeah. Don't know what to, I eat friends. No, eat friends. Like, <laughs> and watching him like play with the fish, he was the character we kept thinking was going to die. Yeah, yeah. we thought he was going to go the way of Groot did yeah. in the first Guardians. Yeah, but uh, he he was definitely uh, my scene stealer. Ronnie, did you have a scene stealer? No, I I they all I, had... I truly believe there's not. Everyone had a scene stealing moment. Correct. I think I think yeah. that's why it's hard to say this person's a scene stealer because everyone had their moment from John Cena to Margot Robbie. The only one I can see that really didn't, and you guys can obviously correct me if I'm wrong, is Joel Kinnaman. I feel like he didn't really have a scene that yeah, he's he's stole. kind of the glue that keeps everyone yeah. together. He's yeah. the, he's the straight man of this group yeah. of, yeah. of um, killers and psychopaths. Really, his his standout moment for me was when he actually fights Peacemaker. Yeah, and holds his own. Like good for yes. him. Like he he does hold his own against Peacemaker. I liked that this film had 
warring ideologies and and you saw mm-hmm. it come out like there was actually themes in this film which yeah. is something that wasn't in the last suicide squad it was in batman v superman i will give it that there are lots of philosophies that are debated in that but you know in some of the films like in a lot of them there's it's just been devoid of that yeah now this film do i also... get a scene stealer oh yeah please, please. uh sebastian the rat that's ah, fair. Yeah. He, it's, Anytime it's, he was on, we're like, oh. James Gunn is really good at adding character to a non – or a very limited speaking character role. Oh, Ryan, I'm going to go back to the deaths. All right, I got Wait, two Wait, hold on. you got to say it first before you raise your hand. <laughs> say what? Hand. Hand. Milton. Milton's death. <laughs> Milton. <laughs> oh, that Milton. Milton. Scene. I'll that, be your friend, Milton. Me, not my name. That is, we had a that 30 to minute me conversation. is probably one of the – one of the best scenes when they're in the like. cubicles the, in and they're the talking cubicles about debating talking who about. Milton is. Yeah. Yeah. I would have noticed. Yeah. <laughs> this movie did everything right that the first Suicide Squad tried to do. Okay. Go ahead. So, like, the first Suicide Squad movie, when David Ayer made it, was a much more serious, uh, I hate to say it, a DC movie. Yes. Then yeah. the, the studio stepped in and cut it up to try and make it more like Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. This movie took the two separate Suicide Squad movies put them together but then made them better. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, yes. put it, like, basically blended it and then put it into a much better smoothie. Yeah. yeah. Th- this was definitely um, an R-rated Guardians of the Galaxy. Now let's talk about the- Well, hold on. Before oh, you ahead. do that, I have something just really quick because we were talking about standout moments and I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that that everyone had standout moments. Yeah. That, that this was very much, and this is what James Gunn does so well, he knows how to direct an ensemble. Yeah. He is good at giving everyone their moment. Even just like Calendar Man gets a moment. Yeah. Like he, he, I would imagine that in life, probably growing up, James Gunn, and I know nothing about his childhood, but I would imagine he was probably a little bit of an outcast because mm-hmm. all of his films are about that outcast sort of becoming the hero they always thought they could be. And he, he really does have a love and a fondness for that rejected person having said that this is why i don't think will smith could have stepped in here the problem well hold on because will smith is kind of a scene hog that in in, unless unless he's doing i'm rightfully so unless he's doing like a drama like i saw him in a trailer for the serena and and yes the the william like he, he blends completely in yep um when he does these action films and with any comedic intent to it, he, he like the air just gets sucked around him and it all goes to him. And Idris Elba just seems like such more of a team player. Like mm-hmm. I loved the chemistry that he had with each, especially with um, Ratcatcher. Pe- Rat, Ratcatcher. I was going to say actually with Peacemaker. He, yeah, and, and it, yeah. although it, although it was like you know they were against each other the whole time, there mm-hmm. was a neat back and forth yes. with trying to one up one each other all I the thought time. He had that, better that, chemistry with either Ratcatcher or um, uh, Rick Flag. Yes, and all yeah. it was a simple line I, like, "Oh, I know him. We served together." I think yeah. he and Rick Flag had great chemistry too. Yes, you'd be that guy. But um, go ahead. Now so you the the problem with ensemble films, especially when you have big names like Will Smith. Will Smith in Suicide Squad was the biggest name. Mm-hmm. So he was arguably the, the main the focus. He was yeah. the focus of that movie. He was the emotional crux, all that stuff. He, he is what brought the numbers. And, yes. and that to a point. So when you do a film with him, he has some say in it. Mm-hmm. James Gunn picked a cast of 
I, I, hate, I don't want to say Idris Elba or Margot, especially Margot Robbie nowadays. They're not mm. B-list actors, no. but no. They, they have also, they know how to they're play like nice. A minor. They're like A, A minor. If Will Smith's going to do a role, he's going to be Will Smith in it, and rightfully so. Like, he's worked hard in Hollywood all of his life. That's the problem with yeah. ensemble films. But yes. let's let's go back to this movie, because there, there are a few action set pieces. Now, this movie does a really good job of balancing action mm-hmm. and comedy and drama and all this and gore and gore. Yes. There, the, this movie is is. I will say it wasn't as gory as I thought it was going to this be. This movie, <laughs> and, and we're going to talk about the R rating next, but just to give you guys a little heads up to where I'm going. But there, there's four ish big action set pieces in this. Does do yeah you know, right yeah. My personal favorite, and we'll go around. My personal favorite is the one with the, of Peacemaker and um, uh, Bloodsport in the camp. Yeah. Trying mm-hmm. to outkill the other. Yes, trying to one up. Just to find out that they were all good guys. L- literally, in my head during that scene, I'm singing, anything you can do, I can uh, do yeah. better. Yeah. I could do anything now, better than you. Uh, of the action pieces, that's probably my favorite, followed by uh, Harley, Quinn's, Harley Quinn's Escape. Yes. That's, Ronnie, my, that's, that's your favorite, That's my Rob? top. Yeah. I was going to say that was my top, too. And not, not because it's no. Margot Robbie, because we all know my love for her. It reminds um, me of the suicide, uh, Birds of Prey, the prison yes. break, and yep. it fit Harley. It fit everything with Harley Quinn. It wasn't anything she yes. couldn't do or anything yep. that was outside of the realm of possibilities. Because I, I feel like people that don't know Harley Quinn just think she's like the damsel in distress, or she's Joker's or girlfriend. She, Joker's girlfriend. Which she was in Batman the yes. Animated Series, but th- this shows like no, she can s- fight. And be one of the guys, quote unquote. You know, like she can hold her own, like in Birds she of Prey. Can, yeah. Exactly, she can kick some butt and everything. Um, and then just the filmography, the shooting of it was great. Um, yeah. And, and there was, and there was the comedic, there was like comedy involved yeah. with the violence as well. Not just with the the colors and everything, but when she's slamming the door on the guy's face, that was a running jo- like yeah. a running gag in this movie. A yeah. lot of like con- consecutive yeah. face smashing. You know, I I. I that to me is up there. That's probably my favorite. Yeah. That and the camp scene, like you said, are kind of like one A, one B for me. It's it's very yeah. interesting when you get a movie where the final fight scene against the big, the quote unquote, like Sorrow's not the the bad guy of it, no. which is even like the the Court of Maltese government's really the bad yeah. guy. But it, it's very it says something about the film when the final fight is not the the memorable. No, it's one. about the, mm-hmm. well, and the final fight is also not about the fighting; it's about the character mm-hmm. arcs. Yes. So the last point I think we'll we'll talk about, unless Rob, you had something that you want to say. Well, I wanted to say my favorite fight. I thought you said you literally no, said I didn't, that it was the I Harley just Quinn named one. It. <laughs> no, go ahead. Um, I loved it because it really gave us a glimpse into her the way she sees the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I, in fact, as I was watching that scene, I was going, "This is my favorite scene." And I think this is going to stay my favorite scene as the film mm-hmm. goes on because it's it is just so well shot and it's it's so centered around her. And I love to like just to talk about her, you know, whereas the first movie was all about Will Smith and Margot Robbie. This film didn't have like a singular narrative focus. It no. was all about, you know, all of them had their own yeah. stories. And, and to me, it started not even with the fight scene. It's it started with her monologue right before that when she shoots. um What's his name? Oh, I don't remember the gen- uh, the president. The president, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh my god, I can't remember oh, yeah, what I his know name was. Don't worry, we got this. We'll but figure it out eventually. Just yeah, right. A quick other thing. One of my Vera? favorite scenes. I don't know. 
um, which was not action, was Ratcatcher 2 scene where she's talking about her brother and they're, we're seeing the father. flash. That was her father. That was her father. Oh, father. Yeah. I'm sorry. I meant father. Um, and we're seeing the flashbacks in the window of the bus. Mm-hmm. I thought that yeah. was just such a creative way. Because one, one of the things they were teasing me about is the amount of exposition that's in this film, which granted, there's still a lot of like exposition. To, I would like to point out it was actually Paul. I didn't I, say one word about exposition. I just laughed at his comments. Um, <laughs> there is a lot of exposition still. I think yes. it's handled better than in the first Suicide Squad, but it's still a little heavy. The, with, the fir- he does this. He's this. He's See, like this. To me, the first one did it better. I feel like... with In terms of visuals? In terms of visual, like, like, like the visual I, I aspect like, of it, I, I liked, liked it. That. Yeah. Golfs with the forty-three handicap yeah. or whatever, like yeah. potato gun listed yeah. under weapons of choice. Like, like, like to me, like they did it in a more fun way, mm-hmm. um, but it was still like you said, it was basically the same amount of exposition yeah. as the first. One. At least this way, the exposition kind of fit the story a lot. Yeah. Like it they kept weren't it just, moving. Yeah, like they weren't just giving you information to give you information. It was yeah. because okay, this is a a scene where this character needs to know that, yes. so we're going to deliver it. All right. So last bit of. Uh, discussion because we are going a little longer than anticipated rated r does the r rating for this movie is it necessary did it help is it why the movie is as good as it is because i think for the general consensus seems to be without giving star city ratings that we all enjoyed the movie yes the r rating is the more interesting aspect of it for me because like Mm -hmm. like i said marvel's never going to make an r-rated marvel movie I think that's safe to, to safe to say. Well, Ryan Reynolds is talking about Deadpool. Ryan 3. Reynolds is the. Yeah. I think Deadpool is going to be the only outlier, okay. and it's going to be very displaced. I could tell from the Marvel. Yeah, I agree. From yeah. the MCU, the M, the main MCU is never going to have an R-rated movie. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the closest we got was the Netflix stuff, which you can listen to our episode on that for more conversation about yeah. that, and um, obviously the Fox X-Men stuff with Logan. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, and Deadpool, but um. This movie, R-rated, for the violence and the language. I thought the language was going to be worse. Birds of Prey had more language, in in my opinion. I think that this movie could have been made almost the exact same way with a PG-13 rating and still been just as good. I don't think the R-rating necessarily was make or break. Ronnie, thoughts on the R-rating? Uh, that, that's a tough one, because I kind of agree with you, but I think just... Based off of the characters you have, you needed to have that R rating. Harley Quinn alone is an R rating. Like her show, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, and then obviously you see Peacemaker for the first time on screen and you kind of wieners. See, yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> like, like there's like Ratcatcher, Polka Dot Man, Rick Flag don't need R ratings. You know, but Bloodsport, I mean, just his name alone requires an R rating almost nowadays. I don't know. You know? What, what was that Vin Diesel movie? Blood. Blood oh, God. Uh, Bloodshot. Bloodshot. Yeah. And and that was PG-13. Yeah. yeah. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know. I, I think I think it not necessarily needs the R rating. I think if it was PG-13, it I feel like we still probably would have all enjoyed the movie. But I think the R rating definitely makes it better. Rob, thoughts on the R rating? I got to agree with Ronnie that I think the R rating did improve it. Um, I thought it was – there were a few times where I thought it was gratuitous in terms of uh, language. Like there was a few times where I'm like, all right, they're just dropping that to to drop that. Mm -hmm. Um, I 
didn't th- I, I and again with the violence I thought it was going to be more gratuitous um, yeah. I didn't think it was all that bad I think there was and it, it had purpose to it it did have yes. purpose it served characters in the story and that's what it should do um, there were a few moments where it was a little bit gooier than it it probably should have been which yeah. I can excuse that a little bit um, I thought the male nudity was a little weird yeah <laughs> there was a, a it's rated R one of the things it's rated R for is a brief glimpse of graphic nudity i believe is it's termed there are yeah. two shots you have uh the female form and yep. the male form oh the female is so like just a quick shot very, yeah very quick you, yeah. you can but the, but male, the male one is full frontal yeah well, the thing about the male one is it's a it's a quick shot at first and then it zooms in on the actual kill yeah. shot yeah. and you see up and down yep. <laughs> which i guess that's for comedic effect yeah, yeah. um no, I think the R rating was a smart choice. Uh, I, I think that's actually probably one of the draws. See, now, for Birds of Prey, I felt there was gratuitousness in that in terms... Like, there were times when they were, like... It was gratuitously sexual in nature with their language, and, and it was kind of weirdly thrown in. It didn't sound like mm-hmm. the way people actually talk. Whereas, you know, if these are people who are hardened criminals, they're going to curse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. <coughs> You know, it doesn't make sense when, like, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy don't curse. Yeah, they probably do. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I mean, Peter Peter Quill didn't grow up on Earth. There are no curses in space. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think we we've said a lot about the the film. I'm sure Rob's gonna have an article in the next day or two. No, I, I no, no, I, no, nothing. I, I've said everything I had to say. Mm-hmm. So, Star City ratings. Uh, Ronnie, you want to go first, or you you need a second? I could go first. All right, hit it. All right, I'm going to give this a 3.5 with room to grow, That's I think. Solid. Um, like I said. Isn't that what they said about you in middle school? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I grew a lot. Easy. <laughs> uh, gratuitous, <laughs> gratuitous male nudity. <laughs> Thank you for telling everyone I just dropped my pants. Um, no. <laughs> You weren't wearing them to begin with. It was really weird when you walked in. But anyway. Um, Why was that guy not wearing pants? <laughs> yeah, right? No. Anyway, uh, 3.5 with Room to Grow. Um, I would definitely watch this movie again. I would definitely recommend people to go see this movie. Um, like I said at the beginning, casting is great. You had everyone have a character arc in this movie. Um, which I know is something that we all look for um, to see if the character grows. And everyone grew throughout this movie. Um, and like I said before, filmography was great, cinematography, all that. The music I thought was great choices that they did and everything. Um, not too much to change with the movie, but it's not like there's no flaws to the movie. Right. It sounds like it's more about you warming up more to yes. it. Rob? I got to say, I got to echo Ronnie almost word for word. Like mm-hmm. everything he just said, I completely agree with it. Yeah. 3.5, but I believe that will probably increase over time. I, I have to say, this is also one of the few DC movies where I'm like, you know, I'd really like to watch that again. Mm-hmm. And and in the immediate future, too. Because yeah. like, I think the first time seeing it, it's so absurd at times that my brain just can't possibly wrap itself around everything that's going on. But now that I know everything that's going to happen, I can appreciate all the nuances. And there are a ton of Easter eggs in here too. Um, Like, and maybe that's the difference too, is that James Gunn clearly 
likes comics, and that was always my complaint about David Goyer and and Zack uh, Snyder that they seem to hate comics. I would argue be- Zack Snyder about hating comics because be- if anybody's going to make a, a he- like. But a he, comic come to life yeah. visually, he's the guy. Maybe, but he just seemed to hate the concept of superheroes in general. Like, he, he made being Superman kind of suck. Which That's a discussion for another time, yeah. but I, I can understand that. But I also, I like how, like, Marvel went the opposite with Tony Stark. Okay. Especially, Marvel MCU Tony Stark is very different than comic book Tony Stark. They are completely different characters. Okay. Tony Stark, as said by Stan Lee, was written to be not likable. Okay. And he's an alcoholic. He's a womanizer. After the second half of Iron Man 2, they never address none of that stuff. I don't again. know. I would argue that in Endgame, he's pretty unlikable. He saves the universe. He's a jerk, and when he, he won't get himself involved. He, he He's constantly making disparaging comments about... But remember when he gets rescued from space, how negative he is about everybody? He's yelling at Cap about how, you know, well, if you well, had only done this we'll first... We'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. But I, um, I can but see yeah, what you're saying, but... I, I would agree 3.5, and, and again, this is one... See, Birds of Prey was one I'm like, I think I'd like to watch it again. And after I watched it again, I'm like, alright, I think I'm done. Mm-hmm. This is one I think that I could endlessly rewatch. Yes. I, I really think there's a lot to it, and, and I'll get better as time goes on. Yes, uh, I'm gonna give it a three point five also, mm-hmm. and um, I think it can go it can go down, it can go up. It's well above average, and it Easily. is a, yeah. a great DC movie. Um, my my thing is, where is it gonna sit? Where is it going to change the flow of DC as a whole? Is yes. it a standalone thing? I hope so. Because unfortunately, you have like a movie like Joker, which is critically acclaimed, but I hate. So, yeah, we. I think we we all. You know, do. but like, good movie, just not a good comic book movie. Oh yeah, it's, and a bad comedy. Yeah, we'll yeah. get we'll get there. But um, <laughs> for me, th- this movie it was enjoyable. It did what it was supposed to. It left the door open for these characters to come back in ways that weren't the Suicide Especially Squad with Weasel. Yay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like the end of Suicide Squad, really only Harley got out of the squad. The rest were all still locked up, and you yeah. know, for the sequel, yeah. at least this you could see where things can go i really want james gunn to come back for something else uh he i think he would do great with green lantern i think that yeah. would be a really interesting james gunn you know to do the green lantern corpse the colors uh the colors would he do it like with his tone yeah i would okay. i could see yeah. it. to have to especially to give a character give him a character that can create anything i would love to see what his yes. mind his mind comes up with um that's why i think Zack snyder would have been better with green lantern than Batman yeah, and Superman. Yeah, I, I, I think that would have been visually, that would have been interesting to see. As long as Jeff Johns isn't in there. Yeah, but um, I, I do want to see more. It, it, it's DC, but it's not DC. It's its own thing, but it's also connected. So it's a very unique uh, movie. So I want to see where DC is going to go. I would like to see a trilogy. Mm, I, I can see something like that. Mm. But that's going to wrap us up for tonight. Uh, we're going to do Fan Feedback Friday super quick for you guys. So I and do girls. believe and, – and guys is a generic term I know. at this point. That's how I <laughs> use it. But uh, Fan Feedback Friday this week, what is a superhero movie or TV show, past, present, or future that you would like to hear us discuss for an episode? So that's always a fun 
concept because there is so much property that ha- we haven't even touched on. Like there's a mm-hmm. lot of good stuff. We have a, I'm just going to really quick run through these young justice, the adventures of Superman, George Reeves, Constantine, <laughs> the series, superhero squad, Batman mask of the phantasm Titans unbreakable. I really want to do the unbreakable trilogy at some point. That would be a good idea. And why the last man killing joke. I I would love to talk about the killing joke and why they shouldn't have done what they did. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I think uh, that was that's going to wrap us up for tonight. If you guys want to hear a little bit more, you can find us on Facebook, which is the Multiverse Fancast, or the Misfit Faction. If you guys are fans of the Multiverse Fancast, if you can give the Misfit Faction also a like, it really helps us out. We are also really excited to announce. Ronnie, do you want to announce it? You look I'll so announce it. Go, go ahead. We are hitting episode 100. Woo! So this episode is 99. So... Next week's recording will be 100. We have a special episode for you guys. We, we're we not going to do it really on a specific topic, um, but be on the lookout for that. It's going to be almost like a Q&A type of situation happening. It's going to um, be a very positive episode. Yes. It's going to be... Not to give too much away because we want to kind of keep it close to the vest. But I it's wish gonna... they would give it away to me because I have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of favorites. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. It's going to be one of our favorite episodes. Um, <laughs> but with that also, um, so you guys know, Cinematic Adventures, our sister podcast that's underneath the Misfit Faction, is actually coming up on their 50th episode. Actually, that's going to be the week after our 100th um so we're kind of planning a little giveaway as well we're just figuring out logistics and everything like that but be on the lookout within i would say by before the 100th gets released we'll have something out there about our little giveaway and everything. so that's going to be announced on both our facebook pages and our instagram which is the misfit yes. faction and it will involve some fan participation because you guys have been so great in the past um so keep an eye out for that our instagram is the misfit faction our facebook is multiverse fancast and misfit faction you can find us on all of uh, the podcasting apps podbean Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Alexa, all that jazz. And you can also find our YouTube channel, the Misfit Faction Media Network. There's going to be a lot of content to celebrate. And also, we're going to be posting a lot of our older episodes, too, yeah. just to kind of give you guys a taste of what our Where, where we started like. and where we are now. Not just Horrifically. With, not just the sound of our beautiful voices, but also mm. quality. <laughs> so that's going to wrap us up for tonight. As always, I'm Paul. I'm Ronnie. And I'm Rob. And we will be back in a flash. Smart, smart. See ya. <laughs>